Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. What we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about bending. And I'm going to talk about standard bends, and I'm going to talk just a little bit about exotic bends. And maybe this week what we can do is we can try and focus on uh, optimizing our bends a little bit. So what I want you to do is if you get a chance, just chat in the uh, wherever you are. Let me know if you're from YouTube or Facebook or whatever. If you are on Facebook, if you go to either the Steve Stein channel or the Steve Stein guitar channel, you can actually respond to the chat, and I will see what, what you post. So just let me know, and we'll go from there. So what I want to focus on today is just learning how to optimize bends. And the reason I say this is when I was uh, younger and I was teaching a lot of private lessons, you know, regardless of whether it was a child or an adult or whatever, when we would jam together and they would, you know, be jamming and they would go for a bend, hey, many a doctor, and they would go for a bend. If it didn't go the way they wanted, you could see them withdraw. You could see them get nervous and, and back off. Um, hey, Christian. Hey, uh, Lil Abner's Clubhouse. <laughs> um and I don't want that to happen. So what we want to do is we want to try and talk about making sure that your bends are proper. Hey, Jason. Hey, Amir. Hey, Ashmael. Hey, David. So let's just say we were going to be in E, okay? So we'll start off with E minor pentatonic, and then we'll move into a, a couple other things here, okay? Hey, everybody. So what we're going to do is let's just take our E minor pentatonic. And let's take just real quick, there's three main what we call whole step bends, which is two fret bends, okay? We're bending the string two frets, and you really want to make sure that when you bend, that you're actually bending up two frets, and you're hitting the note that you want. Hey, Jose, hey, Dieter, hey, Amon, hey, Vince, uh, Uerton from Brazil. So what we want to do is when you first start learning how to do bends, the most important thing is that you hit the bend. If you bend it too high or you bend it too low, it just sounds like you're out of tune. Okay, so regardless of, you know, what kind of guitar you're using or whatever, you want to try and look. Now, I'm bending on the 15, and I want to go up to the 17. So I want to get that sound in my head. And I want to learn to bend until I hear that sound. Now, as I get more comfortable with playing and, and you know, my guitar and all that sort of thing, you know, I'm going to start hearing it more and more in my ears as well. See what I mean? So you want to make sure that you're bending up high enough. And again, this is the weird thing about practice. Hey, Walter, is that when you practice, it's not doing it for two minutes or three minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 200 times. It's doing it until you get it. And it's, it's doing it in a focused mentality. It's not just running through the motions. A lot of times when we learn how to play, we just roll through the motions and we're not really paying attention to the outcome. We're just doing it because we're supposed to do it. And I don't want you to think about it like that. What I want you to really think about is when you go for a bend, that you're, you're thinking about how long it's taking you to get up to the bend and targeting hitting that bend, right? Because you could take and go, you could take your time to bend up there. You could bend it quickly. Hey, Rob. Hey, Vincent. 
But you want to make sure that you're targeting that. That way you build confidence. You're able to hear the pitch that you're trying to target. So when you go to solo, maybe you're improvising with some other people or whatever it might be, you want to make sure that you're hitting that bend properly. And here's the other thing is, is think about, again, we're thinking about how much time it's taking us to get into the bend, and it, it doesn't matter if it's slow or fast or whatever we want, but we want to hit that bend. Then the other thing is, is that because we've got that bend, doesn't mean we've got to take off right away and do 5,000 other things. We might do the bend and stop, or we might just connect to something. Hey, Paul. Chris from Scotland is here. This is awesome. So what I want you to think about is if you were playing pentatonically, you have three of these whole step bends, which we're going to call basic bends. Okay. Now these basic bends, what you're going to do is again, I'm in E minor pentatonic now, but we will certainly uh, work with this a little bit more as we keep going and add some other things. But if I was in E minor pentatonic, if I went to the third string, that one's going to bend up a whole step. If I went to the second string, that one's going to bend up a whole step. Hey, Darren. Hey, Necklace. And we're with the first string. We're going to bend that up a whole step. Now, needless to say, the first string is going to be a little bit harder to bend. It's the thinnest string, but it's the most tense. It has the most tension on it. So you just got to get used to that a little bit. So again, you don't have to use all three at the same time. It's just learning to feel the distance on, on all of those. So we learn how to think about coming into the bend, right? We might be coming into the bend from a movement. We might be coming into the bend from, hey, Paul, we might be coming in to the bend from a slide or something like that. I mean, you know, always remember you're either coming in from this direction or you're coming into it from this direction, right? Or you're in the scale and you're moving this way. And it's all okay. It's just be, be aware of that and practice all of those things. Just because you're practicing the bend itself doesn't, doesn't mean you're practicing where you're coming from. You want to practice all these things. So we've got the bend now. We're practicing on hitting the right pitch. Now, when we get done with that, and one of these other money motivation things I'll, I'll talk about. Hey, Jack, I'll talk about um, vibra you know more intense on vibrato and things like that. But a great thing to do is when you get this bend... You can add a vibrato. You know, you might hit it. I always tell people, try and make sure that you target your bend before, like, don't try and do it all at the same time. You know, don't, don't go crazy with it. Establish your bend, and then once you've established it, again, take a breath and start adding that vibrato on. Okay? So those are the three whole step bends. Now let's talk a little bit about manipulating the bend itself. Okay? So when we, thank you, Ian. So when we do the bends, what we're going to do, we can bend it up. We can bend it up and bring it back down. We can do what's called a reverse bend or often called a ghost bend where we're going to bend it up without picking it. And all people hear is that dissension, which sounds kind of cool. Okay. We can bend, I always call it bend and dip because I don't know what else to call it. But basically what I'm doing is I'm bending up. I'm going to bring it back down a little bit and bend it up again like this. And I get this kind of whiny sound. Hey, Don. Hey, SD. Hey, Farshad. Hey, David. Hey, Midnight Thunder. Hey, the bald one. You see? 
it, you got to have fun with it. If you understand the distance that you're trying to target, what you can do is you can take as much time as you need around here and decide what you want to do with it. You know, I, I think back on, you know, the early days of like learning a lot of KISS stuff with Ace Freely and things like that. And he would do these, you know, these big, wide, what I was called a siren bend because they sound like uh, like a police siren kind of. You know, so there's lots of different kinds of things like that that we can do with bends too. There's there's all kinds of things. My point is, is it's not just a matter of bending a string. It starts there and we manipulate that and we learn to master how that sounds and how that feels. And then what we do is we start learning how to mess with that a little bit. Hey, Justin. Hey, Russ. Hey, Michael. Hey, Jay. You see? And we start learning how to manipulate that bend. Now, what I want to do, because I don't want to take all, all of your day here, but what we're going to do is go on to a couple other bends to start thinking about. Now, another really great bend that you can do is, let's say we're in the key of E again. Now, if I can find the note E on my guitar, now I'm going to come up here. I'm going to go up to the E, which is the 17th fret of the second string. I'm going to go up there. And what I can do on this E is I can bend it up one and a half steps, a step and a half, and it's still going to stay pentatonic. And it has this, it always reminds me of Hotel California, but it's that bend. Hey, Nick. Hey, Mark. Hey, Oba. Hey, Thinley. And you get this really great bend. So you might come off a normal, whole, you know, basic or whole step bend. And then head over just two frets higher and go. And come into something else. And again, it sounds very commanding because it's so wide, that step and a half. Hey, Kurt, I'm good. Thank you very much. Hey, David, favorite guitars vibrato for me? Oh, gosh, it's hard to say. There's so many good ones. You know, definitely probably David Gilmore would be one. Um, but then Zach Wilde, I love his big wide vibratos. Ace Frilly, I love his. There's so many really good ones out there for sure. Um, but anyway, so those are. that's another one. It's a step and a half. And the easiest way to do that is just the the most basic way of using a step and a half bend which is three frets is whatever key you're in if you're in if you're using the a scale or the c minor scale or the e minor scale or whatever find that root and then bend that up a step and a half robin trower's got great bending that's a great one okay if you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member there are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. Let's now talk about half-step bends. Now there's lots of half-step bends and that's going to lead us into exotic bends and then we'll be done here. But there's lots of different places you can add half-step bends and if you know your diatonic scales or your modes, just anywhere where you'd have a half-step is a great place to add it. You know, a lot of times I'll play a half step and then I'll go to the next note and play a whole step. You see, so you combine both half step and whole step bends together and you get a really great sound. If you don't know your diatonic scales, what I'm doing is I'm just playing E minor pentatonic, 
which means I'm playing 12 and 15 on the first string here, and I'm adding in the 14th fret, and that 14 is bending to the 15. Now, if I want to play in what we call Dorian, I could go to the 14th fret of the second string, which is what we refer to as the major sixth. And we get this real kind of bluesy, soulful kind of sound with that half-step bend. Am I ever going to have a tapping course? I don't know. I suppose sometime in the future I probably will. Thank you for asking. John Sykes. They're Michael Schenker, Yngwie, they they're all Louis on here. They all have great vibrato for sure. Now, instead of bending the 14, if I go to the 13 instead, this is going to make it sound much more what we call aeolian or natural minor. Edward, we'll have to get to rapid down picking and what counts the most. We'll have to get into that on another one because right now we're just talking about bending. But s stick around, and, and Edward, we'll, we'll certainly get to that in another one of our lessons. So when I use that 13 instead, I get more of this minor sound. But again, my point is, is that this 13 now could bend up to become the 15, but the 12 could bend up to become the 13. And if I use those in conjunction with each other, you know, you could... You could use all of them at the same... And there's just all kinds of really great stuff that you can do with bending. And I love the sound of bends. So, you know, half-step bends, whole-step bends. But again, don't worry about how fast you're doing and how many you're doing and all that sort of thing. Just get used to how does it sound. That's the most important thing to really try and focus on. If you want to practice, Ian says, how do you practice meeting the right pitch? You have to move up to the note, and then you have to train your ear. Because if I want, if I want 15, and I want 17, that's two frets or a whole step. And I'm always bending, <coughs> excuse me, I'm always bending to something that's matching something, at this point anyway, in the scale. So if I'm playing an E minor pentatonic, 15 is an E minor pentatonic, so is 17. So I'm bending up to hit that note. Okay. Uh, what strings do I use? I use GHS strings. Um, I use somewhere between, if I'm tuned standard, I'm either using 8.5 or 9 gauge, uh, depending on the temperature here in North Dakota. As it gets colder, I tend to go a, a little bit thinner. Um, if I'm tuning down, then they change. But So anyway, now let's move on to some more unusual bends. We don't really need to call them exotic, but unusual bends. So the first one is what we refer to as a blues bend. Okay, now a blues bend is a really cool bend, very unique, and you can use it almost anywhere on almost any note in any scale. It's more just the idea of the phrase, the vocal inflection. And what we do is when we're playing, what I'm doing is at the very end, when I'm ready to leave the note that I'm, I'm holding, I just give the, the string just a little twist. And I get that little, there's that little lift. Now, it's out of tune. Like if I just went, I'd be out of tune. It's not a half step. A blues bend's just a little kind of quarter step. And it makes this great little phrase, this vocal phrase. And again, you can go right away and connect to the next note. Or you can leave a little pause. 
mm-hmm. see? And you get these really cool sounds. David says, thanks for all your help, Steve. Hope you don't mind. I've mentioned you in many of my guitar tutorials on YouTube. I teach about ear chord charts. Uh, tell folks if they want to learn the real way, learn theory, peace. Oh, thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, Troy. So anyway, what you do is when you're playing, it's not just running through scales or, and again, don't get me wrong, running through scales and playing fast, I do all these things, and so so should you if you enjoy it. But when you're focusing on a particular technique, like this week, hopefully we'll focus on bending, it's not about that. It's about kind of isolating all that stuff away, and you're just trying to figure out... See how I, I did it, and then I stopped? And then I move in, and it really sets up the next note that I'm going to play, which is the root at that point. Uh, Dave says, what's my best course for memorizing the fretboard? I have one called Ultimate Fretboard Connection, UFC. That's one worth worth checking out. Thank you, God, Chickle. Thank you, Max. Um, you see, so we can do lots of different things like that. And the last one I want to leave you with is a bit more of an exotic sound. And what I do when I – there's a lot of time when I'm playing – I'll go to a note that isn't part of the scale at all to get that kind of sound, sort of that Marty Friedman-ish thing. Uh, Rod says, do I still have my first guitar? I do not. I sure wish I did, but I don't. So what I like to do when I'm doing those, let's say, for instance, again, I'm in E minor pentatonic. I'm using 12 and 14. And what I do is I go to the note, the 13th note, or 13th fret, excuse me. And I pre-bend it, and then I dip it just a little, and then bend it back up. So it's becoming the 14. And again, it's it's a bit of an exotic flavor, but it's not like I can't use it in blues or rock or whatever it might be that I'm playing. It depends on how exotic I try to make it sound. Right now, Midnight Thunder, I'm not using any pedals. I'm just using my Kemper. That's all I'm using is my Kemper tone. Do my kids, Tally says, do my kids play at all? My my oldest plays some guitar and piano and sings. My youngest, not so much yet. She's just, she's taking choir now, uh, but she doesn't play any other instruments at this point. So if we went down to another position, let's say we came down into uh, the fourth position of minor. You know, I might use it to go to the root right here. You know, if I bend it, it, it ghost bend it, it doesn't sound like anything. It's when I enact the release that it begins to sound exotic, you see? So that's... Hey, Sergi. Um, hey, Steve, do you have an... Do you have your own Ibanez guitar? I, I do not. Like a signature guitar, I do not. But thank you for ask, asking. So those are really great ways that you, anywhere you've got a whole step, you could explore that. But what I like to do is, the, the ones I love the most are the ones that direct toward a root. And I just love the sound of that. But then I'll follow that. You know, with another half step or something like that. Greetings from Poland. Thank you so much, uh, Magdalena. That's awesome. So let's focus on bending this week, everybody, and see how this goes for you. And then next week, what we'll do is we'll pick up and talk a little bit more about vibrato and things like that. So continue all your practice of whatever it is that you love doing. Just like I said, learn to hyper-focus a little bit on certain elements of your playing 
that you know you want to learn how to do better, but you feel a little uncomfortable, or maybe when you get together with people, you you get a little nervous, that sort of thing. Because for me, bending, vibrato, hammer-ons, pull-offs, trills, that sort of thing, sliding, these are the elements that make the guitar sound unique and organic and human, if you will. Um, and oftentimes we don't we don't think enough about how those things really make our phrases sound more real. So let's keep trying to do that a little bit and focus on that this week. All right. So everybody, take care. Have a wonderful week. Stay positive, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. So what we're going to do here is I'm just going to try and help you out. Again, I don't want to take a bunch of your time, but I'm going to help you out a little bit with trying to develop your down picking a little bit. Again, I had that question on on Monday, and I talk about these things quite often. Hey, Gott, um, so hopefully I can help you a little bit with this. So the first thing is is understanding that the, the gear that you're using, hey, Jack, hey, Siobhan, hey, Michael, um, make sure that you... Um, you have the right tools for the job. And what I mean by that is, is make sure that your guitar is set up properly and make sure you've got the appropriate guitar pick. Now, I can't tell you what's perfect to use. Hey, Michael. Hey, Serge. Hey, Tanjid. Hey, Robert. Jake. Uh, hey, Lance. Thank you so much for joining me. So what I use, I can tell you what I use, but it doesn't really matter. The most important thing is, is that you figure out what works best for you. Hey, Michael. Hey, Ajay. Hey, Brandon. Um, I use you know, usually use somewhere around nine gauge strings. Sometimes it's eight and a half. Sometimes it's nine and a half. I use GHS because they have custom half sizes, which I really like depending on, you know, what time of the year it is and that sort of thing. Um, hey, Jeff. Hey, Norman. Hey, Archie. So, but the most important thing is, is I've got a wonderful local guitar store here that's able to set up my guitars so the strings are really close to the neck, which is how I like to play. Doesn't mean it's the same for everybody. Um, but it feels good to me. And then the second thing is, is making sure that the pick that you're using is appropriate. Hey, Bruno. Hey, Cyrus. Hey, Awad. Hey, Seasons. Um, because I use a 2.0 pick. I use hot guitar picks. Ironically, I have the shirt on right now, which wasn't planned. But uh, but I use a, a thicker pick is what I like to use with a sharp a sharper point because it makes it easier for me. And again, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It's different for everybody. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.